0: To the Rock and Cameron show thank you it's good to be here Do you hear this yeah can you, can you hear it I hear it all that's a sound of wait really Wow nope
1: you, I now'm I'm, I'm thinking something other than just oh. your voice what am I listening okay
0: for? you're supposed to be hearing the I should have put the pouring I should have poured it in front of the microphone then you would hear okay I'm gonna turn the gain up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear whatever that
0: is. All right. That's some artisanal some bespoke um carbonation. Ooh, you got a soda stream? I've had a soda stream, yeah. I, okay. I live by the soda stream. Um possibly die by the soda stream. We'll see. I think that has um, happened. Right. Yeah, the uh yes, I got a I got one like I think last year for my birthday or something. I was the I was the uh me and uh fizzy wa- unflavored fizzy water have sort of a weird history uh but i i was anti soda stream for a long t- a long time um and came around well i didn't come around at all i was given a hoda soda stream i never, i never uh i never agreed to this um but it's phenomenal
1: you just received it as a gift and you literally threw it in the garbage in front of the giver yeah
0: no i i uh i accepted it and took it took it for a little spin and now i will i will uh, not only have i come around i mean i i already always liked my fizzy water it was more of a uh you know uh, really a way not a wastefulness but you know it's a mon- it's an infinite money hole i could just keep buying soda stream canisters and over and over again which i do uh but um i've a uh, i have i will put away a, one of these things in a in a sitting And uh, the kids are, well, Archer in particular is an unflavored fizzy water fanatic. It's a different time uh, than when we were kids and we drank Dr. Thunder. Did you? What what do you mean, did I? I suppose. At
1: At some point. Not at maybe Archer's age.
0: No, I was not drinking Dr. Thunder at Archer's age. I was drinking a lot more soft. I don't think he's had an entire... No, I can think of one instance in which he had, had had more than like six ounces of a of a sweet soda in a sitting. Um, one time we were waiting for a pizza at Pequods, which is a local pizza place that you should is wonderful, but you should never go on the weekends because there's a forty five minute wait for them to cook your pizza and a, a you know multi hour wait to even get to that point. And we we hung out and drank beers with my sister when she was in town and ordered Archer a Sprite. <coughs> and then, uh while we were talking uh the waitress refilled his sprite at some point at least once, and uh I wasn't really paying attention to Archer and at some point I looked we both looked over and he was physically vibrating like <laughs> like coming out of his chair scandal he's overdosed on sprite, something serious um I but yeah.
1: yeah, that scent doesn't sound passable mm. um, but anyway. yeah. I hear a lot of good things about SodaStream, so uh, I'll be reviewing it in a while.
0: I uh, I mean, I like, I can't say anything about literally any of the flavors. I only drink the the raw fizzy water. Um, but uh, uh, one rule good. is
1: never try to use anything but water in it.
0: They have very scary warnings on it, it explodes. which explodes. I don't is do does it? I mean, do you have? Well,
1: all I know is that. Shane, you know Shane,
0: uh-huh. friend of the podcast, uh, has
1: one. Yes, friend of the podcast, um, <clears throat> and he tried to carbonate something once. I don't know if it was one of the because we we made some beers. He may have tried to carbonate an undercarbonated beer that we created. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> Wasn't water. Didn't seem dangerous. Was just a liquid, and uh, yeah, caused an unholy mess. He's fine. Uh-huh. But apparently, it, it was very reactive.
0: Did it ruin the machine, or did it just? No, like he's
1: fine. Like it just, everywhere. he had to like foam like immediately okay. in an insane amount. So, I think there's some serious chemistry going on with these soda streams. We're just not, you know, it seems so accessible that we don't realize the power that they've invested us with.
0: I think that there's. Uh, I'm into uh, access charts, uh, mental access charts uh, lately. Uh, I don't really have a super good reason for it, but uh, picture this. Picture a a y-axis of cool to lame and an x-axis of safe to possibly super dangerous and and plot some... I mean, I feel like if you plotted various kitchen uh, appliances and whatnot on, on that graph, like a microwave is kind of cool and... I feel like it's pretty far on the dangerous side of things. Like an oven less cool than a microwave and not quite but maybe more dangerous cuz it gets Wait hot. A you know what Another, I mean?
1: An oven is far more dangerous. How can you hurt yourself with a microwave? I've
0: Look, man, I this is I guess <laughs> a personal thing, but like I um a long time ago when I was a kid, well, actually I believe I was like poking around on the internet when I was in High school, I would go to, you know, before we had good internet at the house, the, the hospital did you doctors... microwave a CD? Uh, we did that in college, but f- back back up a little bit farther to like maybe 98, 97. Remember when the hospital had a T1 line? That's where I'm, that's where I'm headed. Actually, yeah. before that, um, I would hang out. So that was like second generation hospital internet. First generation hospital internet, um, the difference between their internet... Well, we didn't have internet at... All at our house, and then for a while we only had the uh, AOL thing, which wasn't actually the internet. Remember, it was just like you type in like a keyword and you end up someplace <laughs> that's like sort of the internet. Yeah, it was like a mask over the internet. Yeah, there wasn't a br- browser that I knew of, but especially for our Performa 400. Um, so I'd go to the hospital, double click on windsock.exe or whatever, and listen to the dial up tone, and then go look at um, Star Wars WebRing sites. Uh, in the doctor's lounge. And uh, sometime along there, I ended up reading about, gosh, I don't remember how, but all all I remember, because it stuck with me, is somebody like measuring the radioactivity leakage that happens with a microwave. Um, Or not radioactivity, I guess, but like micro... Microwa- microwaves are not s- fully sealed, I think was this person's conclusion okay. for like, right. measuring the microwave. And I remember a sentence of it being like, it probably won't hurt you, but if you stand next to the microwave and like stare at your food, you are cooking yourself just a little bit. <laughs> and it freaked me out.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I would like to point out to any of our conspiracy theory prone listeners that microwave radiation is not the kind of radiation that can damage your DNA. But it can cause pain as far as heating up your water molecules. You won't mutate or cause cancer. But, I mean, I suppose you could harm yourself eventually.
0: I mean, the, the way that a microwave heats up like a burrito's molecules is weird enough that I don't want it anywhere near me. I don't know what marks. It's mo- water, dude. Well, I don't know what molecules it's going to start with, is what I'm saying. Like a burrito ends up hot in very unpredictable places. Um, it's not an even sort of situation. Well,
1: the main problem with the microwave, I think we can all agree, is that <clears throat> if you try to use ceramics in the microwave, it's a container, which a good 80% of all of my containers are ceramic. Um, it's just a total loss. Wait. The, the bowl is heating up to nuclear control rod levels, <laughs> and... <laughs> The inside is just heating up because it's touching the bowl that's heating up. Is that really what's
0: sure. happening? I have I mean, that's interesting. So the, the ceramic is like a better conductor than a burrito? Yeah, I
1: can't remember. First of all, I think it, it, the
0: microwaves are, are supposed to interact
1: mostly with mo- water molecules and things. But then this right. conflicts with my knowledge of ceramics. I don't know why ceramics conduct these microwaves so effectively but the bowl, you know, is absorbing all these microwaves so much more than the average other materials that are in it. That that is exactly what's happening.
0: Hmm. Well, I, uh, I mean, I, I, man, I got some things, I got some thoughts about microwaves. I, um, that so 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 that uh, internet reading led me to not want to stand like with my nose up against the glass of the microwave as one might do when you're a kid, and then I, um, that sort of has grown to as an adult i'm not saying it's necessary or rational but i've i've eventually wouldn't like stand like in front of the microwave or like near the microwave and now i won't stand in front of microwaves and i don't i always stand to the side because somewhere along the line what my subconscious went from is like oh your your brain's going to cook if you stand near it to this thing might explode uh, for some reason, I don't have many of these. I'm not going to say I don't have any other ones, but I don't. I don't have many of these. But I have an overwhelming sense that if I stand in front of a microwave, it's going to explode and shower me with glass, and and I don't want that to happen. Um. So I maybe stand- it's a permanent...
1: You know, maybe that's something. You know, I you know I don't have a good excuse for you, but I will say I, I, microwaves the,
0: make me uncomfortable.
1: The <laughs> most urban legend. Difficulty with a microwave is the superheated water myth. I say myth, it, it can happen. Wait, is that the one where, like, real
0: problem. if you heat up the water really hot, the like surface inch of the water means that if it you go to touch it, it'll any explode. have
1: nucleation sites to release bubbles during the heating, so it's just one big bubble, and so it's just it's superheated. And when the water gets disturbed, all of it that. All of the molecules in it that have reached a temperature that should um you know turn into gas release all at once, and there's sort of an explosion of gas out of the liquid and all of the water's super hot anyways at this point, so it can it is possible to do that, but it's very unlikely and anyway is I that, guess that's the only thing that's true
0: is that kind of like on a likelihood level? What that's feeling like is the microwave equivalent of the thing at the gas station that says, like, you should discharge your uh, static electricity before touching the gas <laughs> pump? I think it's pump. it's at least as
1: unlikely, probably less dangerous in a lot of ways mm. than the gas pump exploding, but, okay.
0: yeah, um, I recently, that reminds me, I recently on a road trip, um, I didn't tell Shannon this because she would have freaked out, but I, um, I filled up, I think I was with my family, I might have been by myself, but I filled up the car, uh, and got back in and went to like start the car and realized I had never not uh, had the. Oh car my on. gosh, you just you got away with. I got you got away with it. I'm you glad did, to be here today. So speaking you to you, I read about it afterward. Apparently, uh, car that whole thing is like because cars used to be you know cars used to be hilariously um like rickety and dangerous and they all Janky. got seven miles into the gallon and and they would like. You know, you could potentially blow yourself up, but that with modern cars, I guess there's not actually a risk with keeping the <laughs> the car <laughs> they running. They've
1: reduced the the stray sparks created by the engine running. You know, you know how yeah. cars used to just be spewing electrically charged, you know, um, residue everywhere.
0: Yeah, no, they were death traps, and now they're you know. Now they're uh, traps that are, you know, if your car's sufficiently advanced, the tra- the trap is just, you know, that the car manufacturer can shut down your car if they want to from afar. Um, mm. The thing's less bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I I feel. So
1: you have mm-hmm. an unfounded fear of microwaves. My words, not yours. No, um, it's
0: fine. I'm a, I'm at home with it being unfounded. I I know where it's founded <laughs> from. I don't. I'm not saying right. that's valid.
1: <laughs> I, I want to say this is at least the third time we've talked about microwaves. By the way, it's be- there must be something about them.
0: Um, where did this? Oh, well, I mean, my mind. Where do we start with like exploding soda streams? Well, when I think of dangerous things in a kitchen, I oh, know yeah. that objectively, like, yeah, objectively, the most dangerous thing in your kitchen is the mandolin. Everybody knows that. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. So and then so because that, that's basically just a knife that's like already being held like it's one thing to have like a knife that you are holding but the mandolin's just waiting for you it's sitting in a the drawer the mandolin's
1: like somebody's like what if we could you know what if we made a device where you were playing chicken with a knife yeah and they're like then they figured out what you could use it for culinarily like it was not initially for anything other than see how long you can avoid getting
0: cut hey what if you put this blade just in a drawer somewhere uh, and make it like not look like a it's got a sharp edge. The sharp edge is sort of hiding in the middle somewhere. <laughs> I've reached in, I've not cut myself reaching into a drawer for a mandolin. I have cut myself reaching into my dop kit for a razor. Uh, I did that at my um, in-laws mm. house. Um, that was, that sucked. I had to go like searching through a house. I didn't know at one o'clock in the morning for a band aid. Um, because you had gone searching through a house yeah, was, at 1am in a house you didn't know for a razor. <laughs> no, I was searching through my own bag for a razor and I nicked, a nicked myself uh, kind of yeah. nastily on a, anyway, the, the mandolin is obviously the most, um, dangerous kitchen implement. Although, wait, I I think this, this possibly could trump it, but I don't, I also don't consider it to be a traditional kitchen appliance, but don't you have a rotating, uh, deli slicer? I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that combines—that's sort of like the unholy marriage of two of the scariest things I can think of, which is a mandolin and a circular saw.
1: You know, I th- I think it's less dangerous than a mandolin. First of all, the whole it's predicated mainly on this um, plate you press up against the thing you're slicing, usually a piece of meat. So your hands never in danger. Like there's a full. Slicer sized plate that you're pressing up against the meat, and you're just pushing it into the blade. There's there's very really no danger. Right no, I,
0: I, w- whatever. There's no danger with a um, fricking uh, meter saw, miter meter, miter miter saw. Uh, but those t- those also terrify me. I don't know. Uh,
1: I don't think there's no danger with the miter <laughs> okay. saw. Like that's okay. Uh, woodworking implements are very much like. Hope you know what you're doing yeah, and where yeah. you haven't
0: had six to ten beers. Oh, geez. Um, I uh, I mean, I, I spent oh, some time with woodworking stuff. I didn't have a miter saw. In retrospect, I should have, and it would have been a lot easier to do what I was doing. But a few years ago when I made Archer that pinball table, I did all mm-hmm. that cutting with a jigsaw, um, like a handheld jigsaw. And uh, I should have probably hurt myself, given the nature of what I was doing and the equipment I was doing it with. Um, Well,
1: if we're talking about dangerous implements for cutting things, (laughs) while this is not something you're going to have in your kitchen, if you've watched somebody cut meat on a bandsaw... Oh, yeah. ...at, like, a meat-packing plant... No, that's just... You're just asking to You're like... the, The rate of limb loss must be in the double digits
0: certainly yeah. yeah it's all gonna mix in if it's like a ground beef situation but yeah the i mean that thing there's no guide, right there's no guide you're just like sliding it through yeah
1: they're just throwing it through because you know they get all used to it and they're like zip,
0: zip, zip, zip. oh geez oh geez yeah no that's that's too much the uh the now uh here in chicago you might as you might expect um, there's a lot of construction that goes on, and as we've discussed previously on the podcast, the manner in which, uh, especially street dis- construction, takes place <laughs> is uh, utterly b- b- like baffling. They'll they'll cut a hole in the street, do some stuff, cover it with plates for a while, then uncover it, do some more stuff, put some other stuff on top of it. That'll be like mushy gravel, and then you'll accidentally step on it. It'll mush a little bit, and then you'll worry about getting on your shoes. Then eventually that will be gone. Then they'll lay down some bad blacktop that'll like fuck up the curb, and then they'll eventually put down new curbs. And the, uh, the newest thing that they've done, this isn't the point of where I'm going, but I must mention it since I'm here, is that they, uh, they'll make the, these crosswalks in this area that look like brick, but what they're doing is they like spread brick colored like
1: yeah they put a like a a press over the yeah the, the concrete there and they make it look like bricks
0: yeah and it's it's not convincing it's upsetting really no it's it's well i've seen them do it like they have like a brick press thing that's got like a it's like a, it looks like a branding iron of shaped like 14 bricks that are you know mm-hmm. and, and they're just sitting there pressing it in there but then the i've sort of got a little bit of respect for it because along the edges it, you know it, it ends it doesn't end at like just random jagged edges it ends at a nice like 20 degree cut and i don't know how you do the stamp thing and then get it like to do that i don't mm. that part of it i don't understand so i, I have a yeah, little bit yeah
1: you know yeah. even when it's quality because we have a lot of them around town and and, and you know they're not functionally not useful yeah there's something really bothersome to me about imitating something that I don't know how much harder it would be to just do that.
0: Yeah, it's a. This is a Frank Lloyd Wright uh, had talks about this that I always think about. I don't. I'm not going to get the quote right or anything, but he talks about like you build a you build something for the purpose in which it was designed, and you don't like and you you know he was not a fan of like putting classical style columns on a modern building or, you know, the basically facades he was against, right? Like you build a building for what it's supposed to be. Um, and like, yeah, the, the freaking fake brick, like they could do something that's more faithful to the material that they're using, not stamp brick. Um, and that would be better. But when they're cutting holes, so where I was headed with that is you're cutting holes in the street. Um, they do that with this, uh, and I never saw this in Florida. They might exist down there, but like these massive circular saws, like they're like two, three feet in diameter, and uh, they lower that thing right down into the into the street and just cut slices in the street.
1: Yeah, they've got sort of like a half-inch flat end on them, um, and they just go at it. Half-inch um, flat end? Okay, so instead of like a very thin blade end... At the edge of this, these giant concrete circular saws. Okay, it's actually a little flattened out. Ooh, and it's 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 sort of wide, not wide, but maybe quarter inch, half inch. I don't know. Now
0: I'm looking it up. And okay, it,
1: it's spinning like crazy, and you just see these clouds of concrete spraying
0: up. Oh, uh, yeah, I see what you it's mean. It's like there was like, was like yeah. teeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're are out there either with the like big guy that like lowers into the road. Or if you're lucky, you see a, a dude with like a handheld one, just cutting cutting road up. Um, you're lucky if he's wearing a mask and gloves. Sometimes they're just out there winging it. They don't care. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I don't know.
1: We could combine this. Like, I, I invite someone over for dinner, and I'm just in the kitchen with like a whole half of a cow, just
0: Zim. drilling
1: it with this <laughs> three foot circular <laughs> saw.
0: Well, I mean, You're it's like, these I'm are sorry, all, what? we can move back and forth from kitchen to street or to woodworking fairly easily because uh, what is a circular saw but a giant motorized pizza cutter?
1: <laughs> you know how people, well, this doesn't happen all the time, but you know, somebody might show you their woodworking shop, they go, oh, look at these tools I got. It just walks me out of my garage and I... Show them my meatworking shop. And it's just a lot of the similar
0: implements. <laughs> uh, man, there's a scale just blood everywhere. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a scale at which your meatworking shop is not gonna look like you're into uh animal butchery. It's gonna look like you're uh a dexter or something. Yeah, it's sort of like a HBO set, maybe. Yeah, it's that that's gonna get um uncomfortable for your guests really quickly, which might be what you're going for. I'm not you know, here to tell it's, you how to deal. Yeah, live.
1: most of the interactions at my house with guests is sort of a test of whether
0: you can hang, <laughs> anyway. Or, uh, yeah, uh, something something meat hooks. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, we don't. Oh, I got Shannon a. Uh, she hasn't used it yet, but I got her a. Uh, we did. We just did stockings for Christmas because we were going on this large vacation to. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and we uh, to to the Disney's. It's provided that the government will still allow planes to fly and stuff. And uh, I got her this uh, highly rated pizza cutter because pizza cutters are Ooh. crap, right? Like every pizza cutter sucks. You're, it's just a way to like mash your pizza in weird ways. And uh, did you get a rocker? Yeah, I got a rocker, use the big old uh, nice. like. Yeah, what they I want use. one of those. Yeah, you you know I am a m- huge fan. If she would let me, I would deck her whole kitchen out like a restaurant like I I want mm-hmm. re, I think we've talked about this on the podcast too damn it um but I I want I want the things that restaurants use because they use them every night for hours and they don't replace them all the time I don't want oxo stuff with like rubber grips that are gonna like melt off eventually I want they do I want yeah I want I, I you know there's so there is a pizza cutter the guy in in you know Sarpino's cutting up those baby shrimp pizzas with those juicy baby shrimp on them. He's not sitting there with a Oxo rubber grip pizza cutter sawing at it. He's got a rocker and he goes bap bap bap, three rocks and that pizza's in six <laughs> slices or whatever. Wait, six? Eight slices. Yo, I don't know. Hmm.
1: Well, I approve of that.
0: Yeah. I want one of those. I will report back once she uses it. She kind of got off it, but um, Yeah, she's the problem a is like a restaurant maker.
1: is fully set up in every way to utilize things to to just do those kinds of tasks. That's true. And even if you're conscientiously buying your kitchen equipment, there's some sense in which it has to sacrifice versatility for function because of the environment. So I've sort of relegated myself a little bit to that. But a pizza rocker cutter is one of those things where I really feel like it could uh, make the transition into my kitchen and I need it.
0: Alternatively, alternatively, the problem is that you are uh, you haven't committed to a um, genre for your kitchen. This is an American food. Uh, I need to American switch problem. to a pizza kitchen. Is no, yeah, I'm saying this is an well, sure, maybe, right? Like okay, this, it could be, yeah, yeah. 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 Or like uh, um, this. Is, I mean, I actually do run into this problem. Uh, let's say you want to make some uh, some ramen. There are or like pork buns or something there's all sorts of stuff that you're not going to use most of the time it's yeah now you got to get out your steamer basket or you got to get out your yeah that's true like ramen uh thing you know the like deep there's a lot of noodle
1: thing say south south asian cuisine if that's all you cooked there's enough paraphernalia to fill up a whole kitchen that would actually be really useful to cook that cuisine
0: yeah, that's because... That, but there's
1: just no, you know, yeah. you, you can't branch out after that.
0: Well, uh, there's entire parts of the world where that is the cuisine, period. I'm saying that this is the quintessential Cam. American problem of, like... What? Cam
1: wants just, like, six different walks, okay? Oh, yeah. Steamer baskets in, in like, quantity.
0: Well, I want one really good walk, but I, ha- I have that. Um, but, like, I, what I'm saying is you you walk out your door to go get food in America and you can choose between 14 different genres of f- completely separate genres of food pretty easily and all of those require their own like specialized tools or a lot of them do but yeah you 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 know we you and I lived in Thailand or something our kitchen would not be set up for all of those things it would be set up for Thai food or whatever well they're missing out okay that's true I mean yes there is an attraction it's a little
1: bit of an okay we're taking an extra effort but our results if you make the effort are fairly close it's just the added effort I'm willing to take I'm willing to sacrifice that
0: yeah this is the I guess the tension is like I you know I I want restaurant I want restaurant supply kitchen I want big tongs I want like a <laughs> yeah, I like some big tongs. I I like uh I want big knives. I want like uh tough. I want like the ugly cookware, you like the Viking stuff. No, Viking. There's like one brand that's just like ugly as hell, but you know it you could probably throw it off a building and it would still work. Mm. You know. we don't we don't have that stuff because Shannon doesn't want our kitchen to look like the back of a restaurant, understandably. <laughs> um, but it, it appeals to just me. It's stainless steel top to bottom. Uh the uh So she's really into this is uh, – I should follow – I should narrate where my brain went so we aren't totally lost here. But like I was thinking about going to this restaurant, sort of restaurant, grocery uh, supply, grocery store place in Tennessee recently that had big versions of everything. Like you want like a five-pound bag of noodles, they got you, things like that. I mm-hmm. uh, went nuts. I bought a bunch of big, giant pantry things. I bought five boxes of kosher salt because inexplicably it's hard to find flaky kosher salt in Chicago. Um, and uh, w- but related to that, um, on my way out of town, so one thing I wanted to get for her stocking that I typically get her. She likes these uh, these the canned boiled peanuts that you get at like the gas station. Are you familiar? Yeah, like people don't buy that kind of stuff. Yes, no, I've never seen a single human being on the face of this planet <laughs> purchase much less eat, much less eat with the uh sort of verve that Shannon consumes this uh can of of uh, boiled peanuts, but she on a road trip will will buy a can of boiled peanuts. They're like, you know, buck 49 at the gas mm-hmm. station and she'll uh she will um, munch on like canned temperature boiled peanuts straight out of there as you we go down the interstate.
1: In full disclosure, as cosmopolitan as Shannon might have uh, developed herself into, <laughs> she's from the most rural of Florida's ruralities, and maybe people don't realize how. Um, undeveloped certain parts of
0: Florida are. Yeah, no, I, I even even before, I would say like after I had moved away from Florida, it wasn't until I went back to visit my, my friend Caleb, who at the time lived, his family lived in Branford, Florida, um, which if the uh, enterprising listeners look up on the map is a literal one stoplight town, sort of north of Gainesville. I didn't realize what that area of Florida was like um, until I went down there during college, and it, it's yeah, it's it is deep south, like way down upon the literal actual Suwannee River, like Spanish moss everywhere and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Shannon hails from from that area, uh, so <laughs> she comes by it honestly. Anyway, for, <laughs> she wants those boiled peanuts. So I went, so I I looked, I I looked in two different Krogers for the boiled peanuts when I was in um, Murfreesboro outside Nashville. And uh, I needed to get them for her because we were down there for Christmas and we were going to come up here and do our stockings. And I was, I was short a can of boiled peanuts for a stocking. Didn't go to a, a Publix or I did. I think I also tried a Publix, but I, um, long story short, could not find the boiled peanuts have either been removed from, or I'm hallucinating at hand. They had never actually graduated to grocery store status. They are, Pretty much gas station status uh, product, um, and so yeah, I
1: mean, I think they've they've they're next to the Vienna sausages yeah, in the
0: gas station. It's right over there next to the spam and the um, pork rinds, and um, so I I stopped for gas on our way out of Murfreesboro, and everyone's in the car. I'm in uh, the gas station. They have a single, sad little can, and I think it might have been dented, of boiled peanuts. And I was like, all right, well, it's you and me, can of boiled peanuts. <laughs> I've like, never got them, sir. Yeah, I don't know. So I took it up to the front, and I put it on the counter, and that was all I was going to buy. And the guy looked at me, and then the can, and he goes, hey, do you want a big one? <laughs> <laughs> they are like, like they make those. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. What, what do you mean? And he points over to the like area next to where they're like refilling the the um hot dog roller machine and the the powdered cappuccino and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's a like a flat, like a um you know a loading flat thing, and it's got like a dozen cans of boiled peanuts. But it's the cans are like. Uh, huge <laughs> like like uh jumbo jumbo i'm saying like a not stockings. 128 ounce sort of or maybe 96 ounce it was the biggest damn can uh of oh yeah like you get like yeah okay it's restaurant size yeah it's restaurant sized like yeah, yeah i what i imagine the size of the cans that they um that all of your food when you go to an olive garden comes from right it's, because, it's not
1: just olive oil, yeah. but yes, I agree. It's, I, uh,
0: I, yeah, okay.
1: Certain things that don't need to be curated all come in those giant uh, cans. Sure, yeah, yeah. This is a Cisco can sized. I like how they sell the small one, and he's just talking you out of it. It's like, why are you? Se- Do you say this to everyone who tries to buy certain items from your store?
0: Well, I think so. After so, when, I, I'm gonna we can, we can unpack that a little bit, but I want to like finish the sort of the tale of this huge can. So I was like, how much are the big cans? And the big can was like $11 or something. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll get the big can. And I like, uh, snuck out of the store. The car was fa- fortunately facing away from us. So I kind of snuck out of it and like held this huge can barely behind my jacket and managed to sneak <laughs> it all the way home. Um and Shannon on on Christmas morning got a huge can of boiled peanuts. I was pretty happy with that. Um, she pointed out that what it probably is is they that's the can that goes into the like hot boiled peanuts pot that you get at yeah like, yeah Southern they gas have those station. little
1: uh, barrel looking things yeah yeah which totally.
0: again not a product or a a service that I would ever ever think of purchasing or consuming at a gas station. I think I would sooner go for a roller hot dog than for the hot boiled peanuts. Uh, barrel. I've eaten some roller
1: hot dogs in my day. That is true. Same. Uh, oh, I have someone to let in the uh, door. Why don't you uh, run us down? Yeah, our, I'll, do, uh, I'll
0: do the, um the stuff. whatever the masthead. I don't know what it's called for a podcast. This is Cameron and Bach two people, the podcast in which Cameron and Bach are two people. And this is season two, episode Three episode three. Um, you can email us at Cameron and Brock at gmail.com. Um, you can call us at 2525 Hey Cam. Why? I didn't say why you should, I said that you can. It is something that you have permission, nay, uh, you are welcome to do. Um, tell give us a uh, tell us uh, a, a story that's too long for the voicemail thing to, and cuts you off. That happened to us once. Um, write us that's a nice That's the note.
1: only thing that ever happened.
0: That is what. <laughs> no, uh, Morgan sent us a couple emails, but they were more just oh, like that's right. "Hey guys" sort of emails. They weren't like podcast material. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is uh, we just we uh, we chat about big cans. Hey,
1: here we are. Lots of boiled peanuts.
0: Uh-huh: I love boiled peanuts, to be clear. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the I, I prefer to have a little bit more information about the like source of my boiled peanuts, I guess.
1: True. I, I mean, even though it's sketchy to buy them from a tub on the side of the road, I mean, they could be from anywhere. there's some sense that like that makes, you know, they, you know, that's who grows peanuts. When they're in a can. I'm immediately suspicious. Like, are they putting all the duds in the cans because we can't see them? I don't know. I'm going to say, how that, old are these?
0: We, we're. I, I'm trying to think, but I think that, and in, in terms of not fresh produce, but like cooked food, boiled peanuts might be the only cooked food that I'm more likely to buy from a back of a pickup truck on the side of the road then cooked
1: food well that's a good point then yeah.
0: then from a can in a actual food establishment
1: because there's a lot of fresh food i'll buy from the back
0: of a pickup right exactly but, uh, but, like cooked
1: food hmm, yeah
0: we're on the border borderline there i'm not gonna buy a hot dog from a pickup i man i can't think of a single other like food that gets cooked and then put in a gallon baggie and then i just buy from the back of a pickup
1: you want to buy uh, a gallon of spaghetti? Yeah,
0: just like a nah. bag, of, bag of noodles. <laughs> I don't know if that's a sustainable business practice. You know,
1: yeah, like, it doesn't even seem that dangerous. It just seems awful. Al dente. Or maybe, oh, actually, man, you know, When you though, reheat it, it softens it up. I mean, that's the thing.
0: Yeah, reheating noodle. I think that's where this business plan, the business plan that was blossoming in my, blossoming in my mind, <laughs> where you have, like, three different frickin' cooked levels of noodles. You got macaronis, you got soft and and al dente and toothy, and they're just all in bags and, like, ready I to go. I just like
1: the image of Man. this old, like, beat-up truck from the 70s with the word al dente written <laughs> yeah. on paint on a plywood sign that's been painted white.
0: Yeah, it's just a spray-painted al dente. Um, yeah, that... <laughs> The problem with the 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 this otherwise brilliant plan is that yeah reheating noodles sort of is uh, universally a pain in the butt. I guess microwaves make it a little bit easier. I, as someone who has, as I mean, if you want to take
1: that risk, obviously,
0: yeah, I'm microwave list and have been for going on like five years. So when I I I, I like don't mind reheating noodles, but it, I, I think that the. Wait, you're talking it.
1: about how hard it is to reheat noodles without a microwave. Is that
0: what I'm hearing? I'm saying that it is enough of a pain that it isn't a business I have another friend who doesn't plan. have a
1: microwave, and it is a poor choice. I mean, you get a little bit of counter space savings in. That's assuming, you know, you don't have a hanging microwave, which also takes up some space, I guess. But I feel like the avoiding of the microwave is a step too far in some kind of philosophical nonsense direction. Like, it's mm. only convenient sometimes. It uses no electricity unless you use it. It doesn't harm you, mm. despite mm. Cam's imaginative <laughs> <laughs> scenarios he's created. Microwaves are only a convenience. And uh, I just,
0: I, I'm very, I mean, there's a lot of things that I understand, but...
1: I think that that's junk,
0: man. I I don't I don't no I I can't I can list reasons that I enjoy not having a microwave. Um, one I mean a minor one is counter space. I think I think the main one though is just that I like cooking. So like even if I'm just reheating something, if we don't if I don't have the microwave option, then I have to like put just a little bit more effort into like what I'm going to do with this, these leftovers. I can't just like slap them on a plate and throw them in the microwave. I'm like, Mm got to maybe, you know, if it's old new sauce, you can like, you know, pat it out with something like throw, you know, make something a little bit different with it. Or like if it's old noodles, like maybe you, Mix in some new noodles and some sauce. Make something new. Yeah, or, you're you saying
1: know. that it keeps you from being too lazy. It keeps you on your toes. Mm, that's yeah. that's
0: somewhat true. I, I agree with that. I will but say – I wouldn't uh, be too worried about it. I will say that, like, the – although we did have a microwave in Florida either, we did not have a gas uh, stove and oven situation. And I wouldn't do that again. I think if I ended up someplace without a gas stove, I might go back to microwave – but a gas stove is so easy and fast to like. It's just mm, hot yeah, I've immediately. I got all electric. Yeah, we sadly. had we had that uh, glass top. Yeah, you know, same. And that's that sucks because you're not supposed to use a um, cast iron pan on it and all sorts of other stuff. Um. So yeah, I think it's I think it's my I think it's the equivalent of like a manual transmission, right? It's like well, no, I like those. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's uh,
1: like, there's a physical. Yeah. They,
0: it's well. It depends on the traffic where you live. But True, I guess the the ga- the efficiency gain is minimal to non-existent, but it makes you feel like you're driving the car a little bit more. And I feel like if you you don't have the microwave to just put food in the box that makes things hot, then you have to think a little bit more. And, and that is to me <laughs> well, the equivalent. I, uh, here's I the guess. thing.
1: I, I'll put it this way: if one was to not be able to have a microwave. I see that as a silver lining that I totally accept when one has the capability to own a microwave. I see it as something that should be able to coexist with the understanding that, you know, using it in some cases might be lazy. Stop fighting. I'm not here to, I'm not here to condemn
0: microwaves. Um, but like, I I, I do not miss a a microwave, uh, ever. Um, even when you need to, like, make some... You know, you just need to heat some food that doesn't really, like, lend itself to a, a sauté or whatever. Like, I don't know. It doesn't take that long to heat the stove up. And the gas bill is pretty cheap here and stuff. So, whatever.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: You do you. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get an electric kettle for water. You know, you don't need it for that. Oh Well,
1: everybody should have an electric
0: kettle. That's true. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I uh, even will... uh I'll often cheat with boiled water. You boil your water in your electric kettle and then transfer it to the stove it's oh, way yeah. faster.
1: I'll start a little bit of water on the stove and then I'll pour the boiling
0: kettle water in as a supplement. It's like a nitrous boost for your oh, water. Yeah, it's like super boiling. I've watched the first two Fast and the Furious movies in the last week. Now, has that changed your outlook on life? No, but it caused me to think of that as a nitrous boost. <laughs> um, I I can't... I'm I'm on a journey so I feel like A the journey is not objectively that interesting anyway but B I'm talking about the Fast and the Furious movies now is a little bit like talking about a 30-day diet when you're 4 days in like uh, you're excited that you're starting it but you don't have anything to report really
1: Well you you've I mean you've picked a safe time to do
0: so right
1: like there's a certain taboo in the 90s and early 2000s or whenever those things really started
0: um uh, 2003 i think is the second one which is later than i thought but oh
1: yeah i could have sworn that at least the first one was in the 90s but mm. um along with like triple x or whatever the <laughs> yeah razor. um yeah now maybe it uh to- can be looked upon as a um, more of a historical series or something. It,
0: I mean, it definitely, and this, well, I feel like this has come up lately. Yeah, 2001 was the first one, and then 2003 was the second one. Um, 2006 is Tokyo Drift, which is crazy, because I really feel like that movie's older than 2006. Um, sort 2006 of, is old, dude. I, you know.
1: That's the problem. I mean, oh. I don't feel that way, but it is. It is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's Last that year I started working. When did you start working? I got married and um got I graduated, started my first job, and got married in the same month in two thousand six. Hmm. Nice. No, yeah, two thousand and one is a um certainly more of a time capsule. Much like our recent conversation about Woodstock ninety nine, uh mm-hmm. the aesthetics and uh overall tone of the first two Fast and Furious movies is very much of a time. Um, I will say that, uh, the, um, that the fact, the way that series managed to, uh, you know, rip in peace and everything, but the way that series managed to survive the, the fact that Paul Walker acts like an actual narc <laughs> the entire time in both movies so far, like he, he has zero charisma. He like, um, it, in every scene he's in, he's like, "Hello, fellow racers!" Zing yeah. his way through it. Like, Hello, he's just, fellow children. In the second movie, it's him and uh, freaking not Tay Diggs. Who's the guy in the second movie? Dang it! Um, I don't know. Too fast, too furious. It's a. Uh, it's not Vin Diesel is not in the second movie, at all. No, he did. He refused it. He turned it down because he didn't like the script. Um, cause, and uh, this is true. He said that the, uh, I remember reading this, uh, Vin Diesel takes himself very seriously and it's actually a fairly savvy businessman is my understanding, but he said it was a, uh, not a classic sequel in the Francis Ford Coppola style and instead was like a money grab. Hmm. So yeah. Maybe you know. not wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Fast and the Furious, a classic film, uh, deserving of an you equally know, classic I'll sequel. give the Fast and the Furious this.
1: While it it was full of tropes or whatever, it was like so many things that were original. Things get points for being original. They say a lot about why they were made, when they were made, what they were about. Like And you can do original poorly, so poorly that it's pointless. You know, it was like, uh, you know... The first one to that thing,
0: it, so, that's true. I think it says think. a lot. It was at least the first one that was like that crested public consciousness in terms of like street racing stuff. I mean, Nos was basically a thing for uh, as far as like everyone and their mom was concerned because of that movie. <laughs> Maybe I,
1: I'm saying this. It, it 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 was culturally relevant in a in a singular way yeah and at a time so what for whatever else it was it 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 sort of says a lot about when it was
0: yeah and the second one is like kind of bananas like they take it to florida there's this whole like mafia sub not because it's sort of like a not a mafia dude but like a crime boss guy who's like hilariously um kind of scary I mean, he's emotionless in a way that either means he's acting poorly or uh a really cool like terrifying <laughs> character and i'm not really sure. Uh it's it's uh, Tyrese and Paul Walker in the second one. Tyrese looks like he's having the greatest time of his life. It's like his second movie he was ever acted act- ever acted in. Um, I don't know Tyrese. Tyrese Gibson? He's uh, in stuff. I don't oh, know. maybe I do. Right. Anyway, yeah. Um Nas uh <laughs> More, more racing movies need a just turbo button. I feel like that's um, don't
1: I, they all have a turbo? You're that's right. What am I saying? This
0: is here. all standard. Um,
1: so, totally pivoting. I mean, was there any? Did you have a? Did you have an MLK Day off? Was there any? No. Nah.
0: Like, nah, dude. Nah. No. Nah. We have. We, Look,
1: I'm not even being paid to work, and they gave me
0: that day off. I think that's because uh, government. Government. Right? Like you guys have all the, like federal holidays? Is it we a We fel- have
1: one day off for all federal holidays.
0: Federal holidays? I'm well, I'm now I'm looking at a list of federal holidays. Yeah,
1: you get Thanksgiving off day, Christmas okay. day off, you know, that kind of stuff. But you do get every one off. So MLK, President's Day, Labor Day, Memorial Day uh Veterans July 4th Veterans, but it's all, it's a single day for everything.
0: I think we get like the big six, but we also have a um, sort of like a loose vacation yeah, yeah. schedule. So it works out. I didn't no, have no it all. Problem with the we're, 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 uh, no, it's, uh, well,
1: how do you celebrate civil rights, man?
0: Oh, um, let's Look, see.
1: Of all, okay, I have a little beef for this, okay? Okay. Of all the holidays that half of which, are confusingly, you know, you, you have to be taught while you're dealing with them. Right. I feel like Civil Rights Day should not be one of those days.
0: Uh, do you, waiting, what, what do you mean? What are you saying? Uh, it shouldn't be it one of what, seems what days? In
1: more, it seems important. Oh, it like seems what like it's, you obvious? know, what yeah. is Labor Day? What and, is and Labor I, Day? And I've heard a lot of people tell me back and forth, but I'm just saying, like, everybody gets Labor Day off. I, and, um, yeah, I means less seems less poignant. Maybe we need to like reshuffle the days per our current, you know, understanding of importance. I
0: uh, yeah, I think that uh, I'm I'm trying to think of things I know about Columbus Labor Day. Day. Uh, we get Columbus
1: Day off. I don't even know what that is.
0: Columbus Day is a mess, and I want to say, I mean, isn't there some? Uh, a fair amount of push toward either recognizing it less or renaming it to indigenous people's day or something
1: yeah true and, and honestly like i I don't need to get rid of it like I'm all I'm very positive about history but you know like as far as what we're celebrating is important I right think that could be pretty like fluid like we need to like pick what we find as a society important you know at any given point so
0: yeah I think that um Columbus Day might be the most problematic of the B tier holidays. Uh so cuz like Veterans Day, yeah, it's slam dunk, of course. You're going to have so a So what's Day.
1: Memorial Day if we have Veterans Day?
0: Is it Memorial? Oh shit. Those are different. Um I don't know. What's Labor Day actually?
1: So, Other than there's a, something there's about... There's, like,
0: shoe rules around Labor Day. Yeah,
1: wasn't it, like, May Day? Wasn't there some oh, kind it's, of thing where it was supposed
0: to be... Wait a minute, I'm back in on Labor Day. Socialist Day or something? Yeah, Labor Day is a trade union and it's labor like movement day. the Workers' Day. day Workers' something. Day, yeah. But see,
1: it, as good as that might sound, like, it either needs to get rebranded or be replaced by something, because if people don't really get it, then it's not serving its
0: purpose. <laughs> this is true. I'm going to say... Uh, so Labor Day started in Oregon in 1887. It was an official federal holiday in 90, 1894. 30 states celebrated at the time. Yeah, so Labor Day, I think we keep, but like, yeah, you're you're raising multiple interesting points here, which is like some of these holidays, we know exactly what they're supposed to be for, but what they're supposed to be for is bad, uh, like Columbus Day. Some of them were not... I'm like immediately sure. Although Labor Day seems really obvious now, I don't know that I would have like been able to like pick that off of a list. It feels too on the nose. Like it feels like I should know that. So, or like I should have already known that it was about like actual workers. Um, so we need to loop back on these and make it. We need to actually do something on that day that like recognizes <laughs> it. Labor Day, I think, <laughs> is a bad one because Labor, Labor Day is, is p- like.
1: Connected, uh, the strongest connection Labor Day has is fashion. So I don't right. think that's in the spirit of the
0: day. No, it has nothing. We have nothing <laughs> left. Um, but like, I don't want to drop the day on its head. But now I'm, now I, I want to now I want to revisit actually recognizing Labor Day in a, in First, a real way. For the world.
1: record, I don't want to lose any of my federal holidays. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I could I could go for like, you know, reprioritizing.
0: Yeah. Um, And like MLK Day, I mean, to to get right to it, growing up, I was not raised with a particularly positive framing of Martin Luther King Jr. as a human being. Mm -hmm. Um, So even giving any sort of uh, attention to civil rights as a meaningful shift or a positive shift in culture, I would say is something that I've come around to as an adult um
1: would it be better if it were civil rights day would that be less controversial because it's not as easy to impeach an idea than it is a person it's very easy to say a person had flaws therefore the things he stood for are not valid which i find wrong-headed and offensive Sure. And I think I can say that very validly because it, it can be said on uh, about pretty much everything that people love.
0: Yeah, I'm not super big fan of ad hominem arguments about any like historical figures. Um, like
1: everybody's going to have some flaws.
0: Yeah, but no, I, specifically I recoil against it because of the stuff that that t- tends to be the attack from various extremely conservative family members on Martin Luther King, various sort of like uh, accusations of his fidelity and things. And I believe there's even like uh, evidence now. Well, now that they, now they don't care about that. Remember? Now they don't, that's not a thing. So. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. But I want to say that there's a actual actual material FBI evidence that they were trying to plant, (laughs) you know, they were planting, certain information on him, trying to take him down by framing him as a, you know, immoral or whatever. And then like, I also was grown up, grew up being told extremely negative things about Abraham Lincoln. uh, And a lot of them did center around Abraham Lincoln being crass or like enjoying dirty, vulgar jokes and being a a yucky person. Like it's in, in addition to various, you know, like other things that I was taught about, like the civil war and things like that. So it's a lot. I I don't know. I uh, I uh, didn't do anything uh, at all on MLK Day, but you've you've convicted me. So good job.
1: All right, we need to switch it. We need to generalize these days into their ideas. We're gonna do it.
0: I I mean I think Labor Day should be called. I mean it should become Workers Day. Workers Day. Day? Work- well, see yeah. the
1: the, the anti communist sentiment in this. The country has always been so strong that that Seriously. sounds very much communistic mm-hmm. in a negative sense. Sure. Um, uh, so Labor Day sounds good in that light, but it doesn't mean anything to people's ears anymore. So, mm-hmm. what's not Workers' Day? Uh, proletariat's right out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Labor Day's out. Um, oh, I know. Well, I've got an idea because you, you, uh, hard work is like the bread and butter of the American ideal, as it were. Theoretically. So, so, well, the non theoretically, as far as a large majority of people see it. So, sure. We could call it, uh, you know, something like Hard Workers Day or, uh, (laughs) Bootstraps Day or.
0: I don't know. This day's getting more like there's. This day's getting more critical of, at the by the moment. Freaking. Uh, no, you want to You want people who would day. most dislike
1: the day about workers. Uh huh. In its insinuation that somehow, you know, poor people should be respected with um, something about why hard work should be respected.
0: See, I feel like this is this is. Sort of funny, but also extremely tiring because to to attempt to like subversively rename a holiday like Labor Day as a goof just doesn't land at all. Like the, the, I mean, it is actually about
1: dark. Kim, it's a best example of dark humor. I mean, I like that kind of stuff. If you aren't aware that you're actually touching on a real subject, that's one right. thing. But okay, like, okay. That's, the, that's really what's up, you know. And so, in a way, you know, you don't you can cry about it or laugh about it. So,
0: <laughs> oh, man, yeah, my my satire like gland is just bone dry these days. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, No, it was actually, like, proposed by trade unionists. Like, that that is actually what it is. It's actually... And it's not... So, I guess other countries celebrate International Workers' Day instead. So, really, we should just go back to International Workers' Day, which is actually May 1st instead of... May Day. Yeah, instead of September... Instead of the first Monday in September,
1: which, I felt like mm-hmm. that was ditched because it was too associated with socialism or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I'm going to have to re research this. Yeah, the fort- Wait, are we? Ce- Here's a question: Are we celebrating workers as opposed to in like investor class people? I mean, or are we just celebrating everyone who's ever made money?
0: This, I believe that this is more about, it Apparently, it appears to be from, I mean, general holiday for the laboring classes. I think this is more about what you put in, not what you take out as sort of a general celebration. Okay, so, so like know.
1: people who are making an effort to, to uh, produce. Right.
0: Producers' Day. I like that. Producers' Day. Because Maker's Day sounds too much like it's a day for people who have 72 Raspberry Pis in their garage.
1: Or, yeah, yeah okay, so the makers computer, in the, not the, in the not computer the situa- situation. Maker's yeah. Day could also be like, you know, Etsy capitalizes on it. You know, a crafty right. day. You know, we yeah. want to cut Etsy out of this That's a day little too cutesy. For
0: sure. Yeah, Etsy is all drop-shipped, screen-printed pillows now, anyway. I um, think producers is a good
1: uh, cross-line because people who make money off the stock market primarily are generally not producing anything. They can say they're producing wealth and in some ways that might fund other production, but in general it it tends to be uh t- tends to steer away from any kind of at least domestic production for sure.
0: Yeah, so I I've, I've just realized something sort of demoralizing on the so the whole producer as a noun, noun front. Is mm-hmm. producer producer can mean two utterly different things. Oh yeah, things. Like,
1: like the very opposite. Like <laughs> yeah, i provided the, the money opposite. for you
0: to do this. Yeah, a producer, yeah. and I feel like the people that did well, that. Then how the
1: heck did they get that name?
0: I. You know what? Uh, overcompensation for not actually producing. I mean, they're going to take. You'll take the like the name that. that- <laughs> misrepresents what you do How the most. did they
1: get that name?
0: Yeah, I don't know. We've to...
1: uncovered a huge conspiracy. Yes. None of us have noticed. It. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, the, no, uh. conspiracy. Because, uh, like, a video game producer, like, I'll listen to, I don't listen to serious podcasts. I listen to funny or video game podcasts because I just can't, I can't, I, I can't with podcasts, um, just as a general Like this rule. one? Uh, this is a... I would call this one f- funny enough. I also don't listen to this All one. Right. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the on the video game podcast, oftentimes um, folks will guest on the podcast. Sometimes it's the you know if it's a auteur like a you know uh indie game creator or a, something like that, they'll be on there themselves. But other times, the guy is on the podcast is a producer of the game. And I'm having listened to those for years and even listened to producers describe what they do. I'm still not really sure what a video game producer is. It's not quite like a film producer, which is straight up just like a guy who delivers a sack of money and then like, uh, complains and and, you know, makes them can or can't do something, makes them recut the ending to, you know, because of crowd uh, testing or whatever. Um, but a video game producer, I think is more like a project manager, sort of like publicist sort of you know what i mean like a general guy who gets the talent to work kind of thing Mm -hmm. which is maybe a vision guy yeah it's an idea guy slash organizer vision guy slash guy whose job it is to show up on podcasts so that other guys can make the video game well Uh, that's
1: a little bit more involved
0: yeah, but still, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So what we're in a learning is the word guys.
1: producer is completely. It's just shredded. No, it yeah, it, it means nothing. Um, it's gummit. maybe
0: worse than labor. Labor um, for uh, the problem with the word labor is it's just it's nothing. I've heard Labor Day a million times. It's like when you're driving down the interstate and you see the word food and it just starts to look weird. Food, 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 food. Like, the now it starts to sound weird. So labor, it's not that it's been undermined via, via uh, someone who's not laboring calling themselves a laborer. It's just undermined via the fact that it's been uh, apparently my entire lifetime since anyone bothered to connect it with the concept of unions and workers, at least in, like, a general All right. subtext. So I've pulled up a
1: thesaurus on labor, so oh, here's boy. some of our options. Are okay. you ready? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read a bunch off, and at the very end, you give you just throw out your favorite one, and that's going to be it. There's okay. going to be a bunch. Ready? <clears throat> um, yeah. Activity day, employment day, energy day, industry day, job day, <laughs> chore day, diligence day, uh-huh. drudgery day, <laughs> effort day, endeavor day, exercise day, exertion day, grind day, moonlight day? Operation Day, Pain's Day, Pull Push Strain Day, Stress Day, str- Struggle Day, Sweat Day, Toil Day,
0: Travail
1: Day, uh, Daily
0: Grind Day. I mean, and I'm, Grunt Work Day. I'm kind of into Grind Day, but then grind again, day. this is all. This is the other problem with the name Labor Day is it's a day that celebrates that, but it's also the opposite of that. Like. It's more of a laborer day or like a ref-
1: hmm, a daily grinder day. Daily, that sounds like a, yeah, a, a, a f- like a gay day or something.
0: I mean, they, I mean, there they is can get those. their own. Do
1: they have their own day? I don't oh, even yeah, know.
0: There's pride weeks. There's there's yeah, that's right. Memorial yeah.
1: Day's sort of been on that for a while. Yeah, too. There,
0: there's there, there's there's right. adequate adic- no, maybe not adequate, right. but there's a significant representation there to the point that. And also they don't need a frankly, daily grinder day okay, I'm gonna say that um the their their <laughs> their days are also a little bit more subtly named <laughs> than grind <laughs> day, the grind yeah, they keep it a little classier than that. Good gracious, what about
1: struggle day? I mean that sort of feels like I dig that everyone might could relate to that who's ever really had to struggle, yeah, because you know super rich people. They might like complain, but they've never really felt like, "Oh, it's a struggle day to day."
0: No, they 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 might uh, reflect. They might sh- they they certainly have anxiety. Um, they certainly have fear. Uh, but I I don't think. So I just watched uh, some kind of monster. That is not to say
1: that rich people have never worked hard, but mm, uh,
0: I mean I don't know that mm, that's
1: you know we're not aiming at this crowd right now.
0: Uh, I was about to bring up that I watched this Metallica documentary last night, and um, at when they when uh, but I'm going to do it anyway, even though we're a little bit over time, just because James Hetfield disappears for like six months in the middle of them trying to record their album, and he goes on apparently some sort of rehab, and when he comes back, uh, he's like his hair's slicked back, and he's wearing glasses, and he's all he's all like gentle and stuff, and it's boy, you should really watch this documentary; it's phenomenal. Uh, it is a beautiful disaster, but there he only works from 12 to four, uh, and then he leaves at four. Um, and they at one point discuss working eight hours a day instead of four hours a day, and they act like they're being asked to work like 20 hours a day. Like they, they, it's like they can't even wrap their mind around it. And <laughs> now there is plenty, plenty of excruciating levels of struggle. In that in their roles in that movie, but it's a i feel like different kind of struggle mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I'm still up i'm i mean the there's str- so, there's a sort of pr- prison
1: like feeling you get when you don't have full control over how long you have to work yeah. um especially when it's not a creative enterprise y- you just are not your own and you're pushing for it anyways it's very difficult psychologically, but yet we need a, the majority of society to do these kinds of things. So they definitely deserve a day.
0: Well, the uh, at one point, um, Lars suggests... So they, they decide that... Or like James wants to name the album St. Anger, which is, a, you know, the track uh, St. Anger. And then Lars says he wants to name the album Frantic, <laughs> which is the name of the first song on the album. But <laughs> there, there's, you know... A, a lot of really delicious sort of like shots of the other people in the room having to tolerate someone else in the room, just in general in this documentary, a lot of like passive aggression and people looking like they want to die. Uh, it's it's amazing. And uh, the reaction of everyone in the room and all of them sort of gently saying like, you know, I think frantic because Lars is like, man, I was like really visceral and whatever. And they're like, I think frantic sounds more like we're, like we're fr- like we're freaking out. Like we, like <laughs> that's we, right. It doesn't sound co- like cool. Like Metallica is not doesn't want to sound like that. You know, this is our first album in five years, and we're like fraying, like we're losing our minds. <laughs> so there, they Maybe we, it was the right word. Yeah, it was. It was the right word. But I would say their struggle is more of a. F- Yeah, more of like a, um, a not a toil so much as a uh, a sort of a, I don't know, (laughs) franticness. Uh, Yeah, anyway, Struggle Day. Oh, I get Toil Day, also good, but I like Struggle Day because you know what? That's just one, it's basically Worker's Struggle Day. I don't know, I mean, did you
1: just, I thought maybe your whole point of that was to suggest
0: Frantic Day. No, my as point the My point of that was to try to express even 3% of all of the feelings that I had watching this documentary. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know if you know the like struggle
1: as used colloquially is almost exclusively used by people who are just getting by.
0: Uh struggle is anti-fascist struggle day is a June 22nd uh, in Croatia. Croatia has done me? it. Yeah, they've, they, it's, uh, I, I can't pronounce this. Dan, Dan I've anti-fascist, um, it's Croatia, anti-fascist struggle day. So we got okay,
1: it. Okay, they're using struggle as a different type of struggle. but uh, I, right, know, I don't know if they are. We're going <laughs> to ad- adopt the Croatians, which, uh, by the way, is the Cro- the Croats call themselves... Herzegovina, I believe. Oh, so we're gonna adopt Herzegovina slash Struggle Day as our, our, you know, our new holiday. We're gonna push. So uh, I love it. Pretty sure we're not gonna have a lot of co-sponsors. Maybe I can get it. Maybe I can tweet at AOC or something.
0: See what happens. I mean, if or how many followers do you have on Twitch? Zero. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs>